This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 526. Hello and welcome to the show. Great to have your company once again. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, why I sacked Optus after 25 years and has nothing to do with the data breach, I will tell you my detailed Optus horror story. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the new Belkin Soundform Nano earphones designed just for kids. Rode has released a new range of products for streamers and gamers. And another Aussie company, Espresso, releases its latest Espresso Flow software to improve your productivity and creativity. And we'll answer all of your questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, I, up until last week, had been an Optus customer for 25 years and uh, I was in a position where I think there was no other way forward but with but be parting ways with Optus. I sacked them. And as I said in the intro, nothing to do with the data breach. That is uh, totally irrelevant in this case. This was a matter of customer service incompetence uh, and just a disastrous upgrade to my Optus NBN service. That's that's all it was. It was a simple request to upgrade my fiber to the curb to fiber to the premises, which was done, by the way, the, the hardware, the infrastructure was done by the NBN. So they're doing all the heavy lifting. What Optus could not do is bring me from speed pack four on their NBN plans which is 100 megabits per second down, 40 megabits per second up. They couldn't take me from speed pack four to speed pack six, which is 400 megabits per second down, 40 up. But my information was that Optus customers on the speed pack six, which required a fiber upgrade to your home, were achieving speeds well in excess of the 400. And it's a mystery why it's just capped at 400. Uh, that was an initial worry for me with the fact that this was the fastest figure they quoted. Uh, I, I was, I, I did inquire through an Australian-based tech team member who said, he admitted, look, I hardly know anything about this speed pack and we, we cap it at 400 megabits per second, which I know for a fact is not even true, yet this is on their website. So here, here I was making the decision. I'd been contacted by the NBN to say that I qualified for a fiber upgrade if I chose to go to a faster speed pack, which required the fiber. So uh, I got on the phone to Optus. This was in, uh, I found out in July. So in August, I got on the phone to Optus to say, I'm ready to go ahead. I'm ready to pull the trigger. I want to go speed pack six. And so let's make it happen. 
<clears throat> so they did describe uh, the increased cost of the plan, which I understand. And they said, okay, this will have to now uh, set an appointment with the NBN, who would be required to come to my property and bring the fibre onto my property. So fibre to the curb. So the pit outside my house was the where the fibre was running, and it was copper the rest of the way. So they were, they were going to bring the fibre all the way from the pit all the way to the side of my house. That was the first stage of installation. This is all NBN, by the way. Optus is just, they've just put in my inquiry and NBN took over here. NBN then do the infrastructure. They did the outside. I did have one little wrinkle with the outside connection because the initial NBN guy found an issue, a, a, an obstruction. He couldn't quite get the cable, get the, to the cable down to my, down under my fence and through my garden. And so he was. He called an, an alternative team who are sort of the, they, they specialize in the difficult, the more difficult installations. And this guy came out. Uh, he dug up the, the the room outside the pit and then under my fence and through my garden, and it knocked me off the internet in the meantime as well. So I didn't have internet for three hours, but he did eventually get it back onto me. My existing fiber to the curb. And by the time that was done, I had a box on the side of my house. So stage one complete. Now here's where this this I think there was a because the initial NBN guy couldn't do it, he called in his other guy to do it. The other guy did it, and there was a little bit of a breakdown in communication within the NBN staff there because normally what happens is following days after you get your outside box, they organize a time to do the inside box. They want to complete it as soon as possible. What I think happened is the initial NBN guy who couldn't complete it, handed the job off to someone else, was was probably told it was done but didn't go ahead and make my inside booking. So I've rung up to saying, well, what's the story? It's been a month since I asked for this upgrade. I know their box was on the outside. When are they doing the inside? And their response was, well, no, we had no plan. No, there was no indication that it was uh, – that there is anything already booked, so let's do it now. And the, and the soonest they could get to me was three weeks from that day. So it was early August. They put the booking in to complete the inside box because that, that's how the fiber connection works. They bring the fiber to the outside of the, of the house. Then they bring the fiber into your home and they install a an NTD, a network termination device. So it's a little modem that sits on your wall, got, got ports in it, Ethernet ports in it as well. It sits on your wall, and that's what you plug your modem or your routers into to get to get the fiber connection. So the booking was made for November, uh, October 27, and this was NBN once again turned up. The guy, really professional, lovely guy, came in, had a look. I said, yeah, mate, this is where the box is on the side, and here's where I want it inside. I showed him. He goes, yep, yeah, no problem. And it probably took him all of an hour and a half, if that. He, he came in, was very courteous, very professional, he installed the box where I wanted it so it wasn't in the way. And he even did a test on the line and we were good to go. This was October 27. Now I asked him, I said, should I have heard from Optus by now? They knew that this three weeks ago that this was the date for my upgrade. He said, yeah, that's strange. You should have heard from them by now. So what I did is I called Optus. I called them. And I said, look, just let you know, the inside box, I'm looking at it. What's the go? Where's my modem? Well, how come I'm, why haven't you contacted me? And so it was, the person I was talking to, obviously not in Australia, in, in some dude in India reading off a script. And uh, I said, well, what do I do now? Do I need a new modem? Do I need this? And then he goes, um, 
no idea, was saying, oh, look, it's going to be minimum 24 hours. I said, what, 24 hours? The thing's ready. It's ready to go right now. Do I, can I use my existing motor? He goes, oh, no, it needs to, needs to be done all on the NBN side. They have to do this, this, and this, which – I oh, know he said it would be at least at least twenty four hours. So what? At least twenty four hours, or up to twenty four hours? And he couldn't even answer that question. So immediately, I'm disappointed that I'm good to go. Fiber in my house. Still got to wait even longer. So the very the next day, uh, it was the twenty eighth of October, which was just last week, and uh, I get a text message from Optus to say that your the NBN technology upgrade is ready to go. And all I need to do is connect the Ethernet cable to the want the wide area network, the WAN port, the red port on the back of my modem, and to the UNID one port on the new NBN NFD, which is in my office now. Wait 15 minutes for your modem to reboot and configure. And you're good to go. Any questions? Message us in the Optus app. The my, my imagine typing through all this garbage on the Optus in the app, which it's painful talking to them on the phone, let alone on the app. So anyway, here's where all the fun begins. Now, once again, I'm on the phone. The, the modem didn't work. It was 20 minutes. No lights on on the modem. And I rung the guy. I said, "Look, mate, I follow the instructions. Nothing's happening." I know that the I know that the NBN is here because I connected my laptop directly to the to the NTD and I could get it and it was working. I was connected to the internet. So it's up to you now how we go ahead. Is this modem I've got going to work or do I need a new modem? And his response was, "Oh no no, your existing modem is fine." Even though it's four or five year old, probably six year old technology, he said, "No, fine." So anyway, it suddenly became a troubleshooting session for the modem which wasted an hour of our time and eventually the modem died. The, the lights that were supposed to turn on didn't turn on. Now I kept asking, I need a new, shouldn't I get a new modem? Anyway, I've turned to the Optus website to look up the information about the speed pack that I wanted to sign up for, which was speed pack six. Now I'll tell you what it says on the Optus website. On the Optus website, it says, Speed packs five and six require equipment capable of achieving plan and speed pack speeds, such as the Optus Sagecom Fast 53366TN modem or the 5366LTE modem. So it said on the website, I needed a new modem. What I, so I said to this guy, I said, shouldn't you have known this? Shouldn't you have anticipated that on the 27th of October, when the fibre is in my house for Speed Pack 6, shouldn't there have been a modem waiting for me here on that day so I could enjoy these faster speeds? Was there anyone taking any pride in their product, this new faster connection? No, there was nothing. So I said, look, how the hell is this, like I said, I operate an online business. Me being offline is literally costing me money. I said, what do I do now? He says, oh, we'll have to order a modem for you. It'll take up to five days. And I said, no way in the world am I going to wait five days for a modem that should have been at my house on the 27th of October. 
I said to the guy, I know he was in India. I said, mate, you know what you do? Jump in your car right now. Drive me a modem. I want the modem today. And he had a laugh at that. And I wasn't laughing. I was serious. I said, how do I get this modem today? And he said, look, I'll tell you what we do. I said, how about, I suggested actually, I said, what about the Optus? Can I go to an Optus store and pick it up? And he said, yes, you can. Tell you what I do. I told him where I was. Well, the nearest Optus store to me here is that Westfield East Gardens. So he said, okay, I've just got, just hold on for a sec. He put me on hold for 10 minutes, rang the store. They had the modem. He said, look, ask for this person, gave me a name. And I said, I'll be there in half an hour. And I thought, good as gold. We're going to pick up the modem. I'll be there for five minutes. I'm going to bring it home. I'm going to connect it, and we're good to go. Meanwhile, a little section I forgot earlier when we were troubleshooting the modem. I had no internet, right? The guy on the phone, reading from a script. He's, he's not an expert. Reading from a script like an actor would. He said, why don't you try another network? And I said, mate, I've got no internet. How the hell can I try another network? Are you joking? Like, please, what are you talking about? And that 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 was too hard for him to continue. He said, look, I'm going to pass you on to someone else who can help you because obviously he couldn't. And that was the guy who then I had the battle with the modem that, that should have been at my house. So anyway, we're at the point now where I've got to jump in my car and go to the Optus store at Westfield East Gardens. Now, something else was happening in the meantime too. I'd received, because with my Optus, my Optus plan, I, I not only get the NBN, but I've also got a landline as well. I use the landline. Yeah, I know it's old school. I use the landline for to receive calls when I do my many morning radio segments around Australia and around New South Wales. And I received an email to say, we're sorry to see you go. We've received your request to cancel your NBN telephone with service number blah, blah, blah. This service will be cancelled shortly. I didn't ask them to cancel that. I was going to keep the line with the Speed Pack 6. So anyway, I thought, well, okay, the phone is the least of my problems at the moment. I'll deal with that later. So I've turned up at the Optus store at East Gardens, at Westfield East Gardens. I've walked in, asked for the guy, and immediately the guy handed me off to some other guy. So I'm thinking, right, I've already been handballed to someone, some other dude. So I sat down with this guy. I showed him my license, identified myself. He had to send me a bloody code, one-time code. I said, man, I'm sitting right next to you. That's my license. He, okay, here's the code. And I went through all that and I said, okay, let's let's just get this, get through this. And so he's he's walked off and I'm sitting there on a chair in the middle of the, the middle of the store. And he turns around and calls me and goes, oh, can you just please speak to this person on the phone? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, I just need to identify yourself. I said, didn't I do that with you? I, I sat down with you. I, you saw my license. You cited that. You sent me the code. I've done. So he goes, oh, no, you need to do it here as well. And so I'm on the phone again in the Optus store on the phone to Optus talking to some other dude in India again. And he put me through all the uh, – the, we your call will be recorded for quality and training purposes and are you aware that there was a breach? And I said, mate, get on with it, okay, get to the next part of it. Here's my code. Right, let's do this. And he was trying to explain to me that the, the account had to be cancelled and then recontracted so that I could get the new modem. I said, mate, do what you got to do. Just let's do it quick. Come on. So they, they start working away. And I'm sitting there and I start hearing confusion and questions. One of the guy who initially started helping me was asking his colleague, look, do I do this? Do I do that? 
Um, what what do I do here? It's not letting me add the modem. And I'm thinking, oh, please. So another another guy comes over, younger, savvier dude, knows his way around the system. Uh, he actually brought out the modem in a box sitting there on the desk next to his next to the computer, his laptop. And he kept asking this other guy, do, if I do this, I need to do that. It's not letting me add the modem. It's not letting me do this. What do I do? So we went round and round. I was sitting in that Optus store for an hour and a half waiting for them to upgrade my contract or do recontract me to the speed pack six so I could walk out with that modem. An hour and a half I was sitting there. I honestly thought I was on a hidden camera show and that they were going to pop out and have a laugh at my expense and say, ah, oh, no, we're just kidding with you. Here it is. It's all good. But that wasn't the case. This was reality. It was, it was I'm sad to say this was reality. So we're going on and on. And I said, look, man, how, how much longer is this going to take? Like, I've got, I've got things to do. Like, what? He goes, oh, look, I don't know. This is normally, they kept saying, oh, this sort of stuff's normally done on the phone. And I said, what? I said, you're here. you got the motive in your hand. How hard is it to, to, I'm an existing customer. 25 years I've been with your company. And I got to say, let me let me just tell you know too. There's no, I wasn't abusing them. I wasn't swearing. I was, I was, I was calm yet upset. And I was, I was talking to them in a in a civilized way. I wasn't yelling at them, screaming at them. I wasn't saying, "Don't you know who I am?" I said nothing. They didn't know who I was. I was a customer. That was it. And I deliberately didn't go through channels to make this faster and easier for myself. I'm a normal customer, and I did it in the normal way. Problem was that they they couldn't do it. I don't know why they kept coming up with excuses and roadblocks and it got to a point where I said to the guy, how long, how much longer do I have to wait? And he said, look, I don't know. I just, I thought I had it. I, I still, I still can't, we can't figure it out. And that was, I hit my limit. I, that was my breaking point. That was it. I think, and you know what? Forget it. Stop what you're doing. I'm done. I quit. You, you close my account down. I do not want to be an Optus customer anymore. That's it. Shut it down. And the, the guy who was working on the computer immediately sort of stepped back as if he'd been given an early mark. He said he, he sort of looked relieved. And the guy who I initially asked for, when I told him, look, I don't want to be an Optus customer anymore, I'm out. And you know what his response was? He goes, oh, well, you'll have to ring up to cancel. <laughs> and I, I had to laugh because I honestly was going to go nuts. I had to laugh that he couldn't just cancel me on the spot. I had to ring up for that that as well. So I said, right, I'm out, mate. Forget it. Don't do any more. I'm done. Now, in the in the hour and a half I was in the Optus store, I actually made a, a quick inquiry to Aussie Broadband. Now, I, when I got the notification from the NBN that I was qualified for fibre to the premises, uh, I also got an email from Aussie Broadband. And I sent an expression of interest email. So they had me on file. They knew who I was. I was getting their emails. I sussed it out. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to stick with Optus. And you know the stupid reason why? Because my wife and myself, we didn't want to lose our at OptusNet email addresses, which we've had for a quarter of a century. Now, that, that, that's my ID for many of my accounts and everything. And now I've got to change it all. And I explained to my wife, I said, sorry, we're going to have to change it now. 
So I had had a, a Aussie broadband were already familiar with who I was. They had my details because I had an expression of interest. So I called back. I walked out of the Optus store at East Gardens, immediately got back on the phone, called Aussie Broadband, who had earlier told me they could have me connected today. I said, look, all the all the equipment's there. Fiber is in my house. I'm ready to rock and roll. I walked out of the store, picked up the phone, and got onto them, explained what I wanted, explained that I need a phone, which is a VoIP phone that I'm gonna, that's going to be I can add to the modem. And I, I walked back to my car, was talking to them the whole way. When I got in my car, I was still talking to them. The journey from East Gardens to my house is probably a five-minute drive. By the time I got to my – I turned into my street from driving home from the Optus store at East Gardens – I was already locked in as a as an Aussie broadband customer. Done. The only thing I had to do when I got home was to update my credit card details. I had to put my credit card details in so they could pay, I could pay for the modem that I needed, and so they and they could set me up. And they said, "Yeah, within the next couple of hours, you will contact the NBN, and you will be we, we will activate your connection." Now, two hours and twenty minutes from that phone call. I was connected with Aussie Broadband and I never had the modem yet. So I need the modem because I've got like a home theater system. It needs it needs me to be able to set IP addresses and everything and I needed the VoIP phone in it too. So I needed that and I'm still waiting on that. But in the meantime, they explained to me that if I had a, a router, which I, I've got the Netgear Orbi Wi-Fi 6E, they said you can just connect the NTD, which is on my wall now, Connect that port one to the internet port on the on the Orbi, and that would be able to connect to the NTD. And I was on the internet. I had that, and I would keep it that way if I didn't need these extra things for my connection and my IP addresses and setting up my home theater control system and the VoIP phone. So I decided to opt for the modem anyway. So that was it. I was an Aussie broadband customer. I was on the powerhouse NBN plan, 1,000 megabits per second down, 50 megabits per second up. And it was that they sent me the emails, everything I needed, confirming your order. Welcome. Here's what you need to do. Here's what the box looks like. Here's the port you need to use. Everything was explained. The call center was in Australia. I was talking to Australians in Australia who understood what I needed and got it done for me straight away. One of the biggest frustrations dealing with Optus, whenever you got to call them, they're in India and sometimes their English isn't 100%. I can't understand them sometimes. If, if you ask them a question, they don't know what to, they don't know what, how to respond because it's not in the script. Now, when I got home from the, from the Optus store and I'd already ordered my Aussie broadband service, I received another call back from Optus. This was the call that they said they would they would say, look, we'll call you back at 2 p.m. And it was actually later than that, but they, they called me back to see how I went. The guy called me back and I said, he said, right, how did you go? And I said, I'll tell you how I'm, I went. I'm done. I've left Optus. I've moved to another company. I'm out. Not good enough. Silence at the other end. I said, hello, are you there? Hello, did you hear what I said? Hello. So this guy's crazily looking through his script to see what to say next and had no clue. 
I said, hello, did you hear what I just said? I'm out. Shut my account down. So after another brief moment of silence, he said, okay, I'll have to transfer you to the cancellation team. So by now, I'd spoken to six different Optus people today, this day. Now this last bloke was, oh, I've got to go through the ID process again, all that other crap again. So by the time they got my account details up, I said, mate, I'm done. Cut me off. What do I need to do? He goes, okay, let's start the process. And in the middle of that, the phone disconnected for some reason. So I haven't spoken to Optus since. Well, they, they would know that I'm not a customer or maybe they'd know. They wouldn't know what day it is, the way they were acting last week they, because my connection is no longer with them. So I took it off and gave it to someone else. But I'm still waiting to hear back to, to see what they've got to say or whether I need to pay an exit fee, which I'll be fighting with every ounce of my energy not to pay. So I haven't heard, haven't heard a peep out of them since last week. Now, you'd think, being, a, being an Optus customer for so long, I was li- literally 25-year customer, and even when I had a chance to go to another company with the Airmen, I said, no, no, I'm going to give Optus the first crack. And they actually did a good job the first time out because I was a new NBN customer, fibre to the curb. They actually went into bat for me to get the connection where I wanted it inside to bring it to, to the part of the house where I wanted. So there was a bit of work they needed to do, which they did, and I appreciated it. And I was happy with them. And that's why I decided I was going to stick with them to get this fiber upgrade. But they didn't deliver. Something that you that is so simple, they could not do it. They were just bogged down in all this crap. They couldn't get it done. And you'd think if, they, if, if Faltus had a scene... All of these calls and all the dramas I was having on the 27th and 28th of October, you think someone from Australia would pick up the phone? You think someone from Australia would say, listen, let's sort this out. The uh, the closest I got was I'm thinking, here, I'm getting a call from an O2 number here on my phone. And it's it's another guy from India spoofing a a Sydney number to think I'm talking to someone in Australia where he's in Bangalore, wherever the hell they are. That's the closest I got. Nothing else, nothing. Nothing like, oh, how about give us another chance? Let's fix this. Nothing. Zero. And this, and as I said at the top, nothing to do with the data breach. It was the disgraceful customer service, lack of knowledge and initiative by the staff, like not having the modem here on the 27th when it says on their website that I needed it. Nothing. Zero attention to detail. Zero. And the willingness to put their customers into these the hands of these people, these 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 so-called experts from the teams, the activation team, this team, this team, that are in another country reading off scripts, there they're that's that's the last foot between a, a sale and and something getting done on your on your account. Not good enough. Not good enough. Telstra has brought their call centers back into Australia. Good on them. Optus haven't done it. They're too big, too big for their own good. It's very so disappointing that this could have gone so smoothly. The hardest part of the job was the end done by the NBN. Doing all the infrastructure, bringing it in. All Optus had to do was a few keystrokes to upgrade my plan and get it done. But they failed and failed miserably. So... I'm done. Optus are in the rearview mirror for me now. 
and it would take a miracle for me to be an Optus customer again. After 25 years, I've gave him enough of my money, enough of my time, enough of my patience, but no longer. So goodbye to Optus and good riddance. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear, they're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. If your home depends on Wi-Fi or demands superior Wi-Fi, treat it with a masterpiece in connectivity. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6E from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6E is the first and only Wi-Fi 6 quad-band whole home mesh system, opening an exclusive all-new 6 gigahertz superhighway that's fine-tuned to deliver unprecedented Wi-Fi speeds and smoother streaming simultaneously across the smart homes of today and tomorrow. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Wi-Fi 6E, the fastest Wi-Fi ever. Find out more at netgear.com.au forward slash best Wi-Fi. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Okay, let's get back to this. We're going to talk about the new Belkin Soundform Nano Buds. Now, these are wireless earbuds and just uh, transparency. Belkin is one of the, one of our sponsors on, on the Tech Guide podcast. They sponsor our help desk, which you'll hear about a bit later. But they have a range of these Soundform Nano speakers. So the Soundform range is very in pricing to suit your audio file or just someone who wants something, uh, something affordable. But uh, they've now produced these kid-friendly earphones. Now, these are the Soundform Nano wireless earbuds, and they're designed for kids, and there's a number of reasons why they're designated for children. Number one is they're designed to be easy to fit. Not all kids' ears are big enough to take an adult pair of earphones. So what Belkin has done has designed the earphones so that they can easily fit in the child's ear, but there are also several extra tips, tips inside the packaging, including extra, extra small. So if you got a, if you need a snug fit, you're going to get it, and so you're going to still have a great listening experience. So even you've got little ears, little child's ears, are still going to work out. So that's reason number one. But more importantly is this other reason, and that is the safe sound for kids feature, which means that the earbuds can play no louder than 85 decibels. That's the volume limit. So that right there gives a parent peace of mind that I'm not giving something to my child that's going to, if they're going to play at full blast and they're going to be deaf by the time they're 12, not a good thing. And yeah, you know, God help the rest of us who grew up with their Walkmans and blasting these uh, loud music in our ears. It used to make me laugh, like when I used to catch a bus to work when I was a young bloke, young cadet journalist for News Limited, and I'd have my Sony Walkmans in, and there'd be you'd hear some other people because back then we didn't have there were no phones and everything. I'm talking when I was a cadet, sort of in the in the in the mid to late '80s and early '90s. So mid to late '80s, I was a cadet. So. I remember catching the bus and sitting down, put my headphones in, reading my book, and there'd be other people whose music was so loud, you could hear every every line, every lyric of the song. So the whole bus was hearing about hearing the music, and they were happily just listening away. 
I just wonder what that what their hearing would be right now, whether they, they've actually got hearing aids right now. Now, there's a little uh, rule of thumb that if you want to know if your earphones are too loud while we're on the subject, what you need to do, play your music, hold your hands out full arm's length in front of you. If you can hear them at that distance, they're too loud. You shouldn't be able to hear them from that far away. So just for you adults listening – or parents, if you don't have kids, you don't, you don't, you're just buying your headphones for yourself, or maybe for your teenager. Keep that in mind because uh, there are studies to show that loud music, as a young, like you talk to any musician who's been playing loud concerts for forty years, their hearing wouldn't be the best. So that is something the Belkin sound form has actually sorted. So no later, no, no louder than eighty-five decibels, which is pretty cool. Now, again, parent, you've got to keep the parents happy here. They're the ones paying for it. Um, and uh, the having having that protection from that loud sound will hopefully stave off any other negative effects later in life for their hearing. You don't want that. You don't want to, to uh, affect your hearing because you're playing your music too loud. Now, this is, of course, ideal for the for your child who might want to be uh, you know, listening to music or watching movies on a tablet. So uh, they're, they're happy as a clam. They've got their content, but they do have uh, the, the Safe for Kids uh, feature activated. Uh, there are six-millimeter dynamic drivers under the hood. So they're getting the quality. They're just not getting the ultra-loud sound. It's IPX5 water-rated as well, so it can handle splashes and light rain. And they're only... $69.95 from the belkin.com forward slash AU site. And you can also buy them on Amazon. Available in three colors, blue, pink, and white. Uh, you can be fully charged in just two hours. Battery life, by the way, is, is up to five hours of playtime. So that, that's a drive. That's a long drive in the car or a little plane trip. And there's an additional 19 hours of battery life in the case. So that's 24 hours all up. And, uh, yeah, so they can be fully charged in just two hours, and that includes the uh, – you can use the included micro USB cable to do all the charging. So there you have it, the Belkin Soundform Nano earphones. If you want to take a closer look at them and check them out for yourself, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Now, the next two sections of the podcast are about two Australian companies. First up, we're talking about Rode. Rode Microphones, very, very popular brand around the world. They're based in Sydney, would you believe? They build, they make their stuff in Silverwater, which is a suburb in Sydney. Really proud to say Rode, a great Aussie company that's doing great things around the world uh, with their microphones. I'm actually you talking into a Rode microphone right now. I'm using the Rodecaster Pro 2 as well, which is uh, the podcasting device, and uh, even using their software as well. So I'm fully uh, supporting the Rode brand. Well, they've just created a another division of the company. This It's called Rode X. Now, this is a new streaming and gaming division for, for Rode. So this is a really a fertile area of the market where it's very popular. A lot of gamers, a lot of streamers, there are a lot of other companies out there that are actually doing pretty well in this space that I think would be looking over their shoulder now thinking, well, a, a company the size and quality of Rode is now in this space, streaming and gaming. 
the new division has its own team of developers and engineers, and they've come up with three products as well for the first round of Road X releases. Uh, the first product is actually a bit of software, and not just any old software. This is a, a, a software called Unify. Now, Unify runs on a PC. Any serious streamer and gamer know that it's all the PC world dominates in this area. That's why Rode created Unify to run on Windows. This is a virtual mixing and for streaming and gaming. So this is a, a bit of software that actually brings into one application the functionality for that would normally require several different applications have now been brought back in one piece of software. So with Unify, you can allow you can route and mix up to four USB microphones and or, or other audio devices. So you might have a game stream, something else happening, a chat going on, up to six virtual audio sources, including the game, chat, music, browser applications. Uh, and it's also possible to create independent little submixes for different outputs, including a live stream, headphones, your chat, and adding a studio gate audio processing to the microphone channel so you sound amazing. Unify can also trigger voice and sound effects, handle multi-track recording, and it is free when you purchase a Rode X product or you can pay for it monthly, $7.99, or on a yearly basis, $69.99. Now, the other, the other two products are two microphones. Now, starting off with the Rode X XDM100D for dynamic, this is a professional dynamic USB microphone, broadcast quality, which has been built suitable perfectly for gaming and streaming. Now, it has Rode's ultra-low noise, high-gain uh, revolution preamp, and the high-resolution 24-bit 48 kilohertz analog to digital conversion. So sound quality, like you're hearing right now, is amazing. It does also have studio-grade dynamic capsule and the tight cardoid polar pattern. So you're getting – it rejects the room noise and keyboard or mouse click, so all you're hearing is the person's voice. Uh, it also comes with a pop shield as well So and a little shock mount. I've actually got a pop shield and a shock mount on this, this Rode microphone, uh, which isn't the Rode X microphone. Uh, but it has a similar shock mount and pop filter so that you are, you can, uh, you hit any unwanted pops and knocks and sounds, it eliminates all of that. And on the, uh, on the microphone itself is also the headphone output. So you can have zero latency audio monitoring of, of your playback levels and your headphone levels and mute functionality as well. So you can press a button and mute that microphone right away. Now, the other microphone is the Rode XCM. And C, uh, XCM, uh, the, by the way, the, the Rode XDM100 is 439 bucks. The smaller Rode XXCM is a condenser microphone. That's what the C stands for. And it's 259 so it's a professional condenser microphone that offers accurate voice reproduction and really gives really nice warmth and response to full frequency response. So it sounds quite professional. Uh, it includes a headphone output and the level control and the mute button like the XDM as well. It's got an internal pop shield and a capsule shock mount. Also comes with a desktop tripod, which has 360-degree swing mount to give you more flexibility for microphone positioning. Now, both the XDM100 Dynamic and the uh, XCM50 Condenser microphones include internal 
Digital Signal Processing, DSP, and that can be unlocked using Unify. And of course, it adds Aphex audio processing uh, and the high-pass filter, the popular aural exciter and big bottom effects that you see with their other mics and with the Rodecaster Pro 2 and the one. one. Uh, so put all them together and you've got a tremendous solution to create a stream, uh, create a signature sound for your stream or your gaming. So uh, Rode well and truly into the streaming and gaming space with their products. And if you want to check all of those out, you can see them at techguide.com.au. Another Aussie success story is Espresso. We've spoken about Espresso in the past. They've been around for a couple of years, a few years now. And they're the company who produces those amazing 13-inch and 15-inch portable displays. I use them uh, in every day. I use the uni- the uh, the espresso displays to either extend my laptop, extend my desktop, use it as a monitor for my when I'm filming something. They are so so versatile. Well, now there's a brand new product that they've released, and it's not hardware. It's software. It's called Espresso Flow. Now, Espresso Flow has been around a little while, but this new update takes it seriously to the next level, really does have a lot of great features to improve your productivity, your creativity, and does help you use your displays in a totally different way. First up, it does include pressure and tilt sensitivity, which was on a Ma- on Mac OS uh, when you're drawing on a screen, did not allow that. That's a feature that is on Windows. People who, who do a lot of drawing uh, on tablets and stuff, they know what I'm talking about. Now, this software allows it on Mac OS, which is a big deal. Now, with Espresso Flow, you can combine it with a the touchscreen so you can not only use that screen now as a personal portable external monitor, but you can also now use it as a drawing tablet or an interactive display or a combination of all three of those things. Uh, so it really has taken the feature set and, and usefulness, let's say, of the screens to a whole new level. So Espresso Flow has uh, – so having uh, – like what, one thing we learned during COVID was that we had to adapt to our working conditions. A lot of people working from home, hybrid work setups – Having products like the Espresso displays really helped. But the other things we had to do as well was still collaborate even though we weren't in the same office together. So Espresso Flow has a range of features that can improve the way you work. So it does enable users to shift to remote or hybrid ways of working while still getting their work done. So now uh, this is this is a game changer for customers, uh, especially creatives who – who traditionally work on a desktop Mac or a MacBook, which don't have a touchscreen, suddenly touch is a part of their world. So the, the, the Espresso display external monitor, when it's combined with Espresso Flow, can now be used as quite a powerful collaboration tool. So instead of using it as a second screen, it's a drawing tablet for personal use or a virtual whiteboard in the middle of a video call or you can provide real-time feedback on collaboration tools. So you might be all looking at the same document or marking up a document. You can do all of that now through the Espresso display and using the Espresso Flow software. So just 
just on the just being able to mark up documents that really saves works workplaces a lot of time. Also saves a lot of paper. You think about the amount of paper you need to print. Give everyone the same document when you can all you look at the virtual copy of it on the screen. No more paper. Um, so that's a big deal as well. Now the the espresso flow. It really can power dual-use productivity. It's a dual-use productivity tool. So whether it's multi-screen, uh, being able to have multiple screens, or uh, a new drawing workflow, collaborative workflow. A couple of features I like as well are Windows, some Windows management. And I don't, mean, I don't mean Windows as in the software, but Windows manage, managing your open windows. Uh, Windows snapping, so you can easily shift to full or half screens. That That's already a thing on Windows, but not on Mac. I think you've got to buy an app. You gotta pay for an app to do that with Mac on a Mac. Google Espresso Flow does it for free. And here's my favorite workspace launcher. Now, this is a little shortcut that will instantly arrange all of your windows and applications to suit the task you need to complete or the meeting you're about to attend. This is brilliant because I'm sure all of you know. If you there's something you need to do, okay, you need these windows open, this application, this done. Imagine being able to save all of that and just one press of a button, have them all open when you need them. I'm sure you've all had to prepare for meetings and have documents at, 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 at your hand, at your fingertips. Uh, certain applications, you've got to have Teams or Zoom or whatever open and everything else there. That could all be set up now with one press, boom, it's there. My favorite feature, really saves a lot of time. If, if it saves 10 minutes every couple of hours, that could add up to a free another hour you've added to your day by the end of the day. So fantastic work from the guys at Espresso. You can download Espresso Flow right now. It's free. And even if you don't have an Espresso display, you can still make use of the Espresso Flow features. It could really increase your productivity and uh, and be a real game changer. I really like this and good on the guys. Uh, they're really good blokes, the uh, Aussie guys, Aussie company uh, at Espresso doing some great work. Uh, and this is just the latest on the road. If you want to take a closer look at Espresso Flow and check out their displays as well, you can do that. Techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by our sponsors, Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. The dark web is an underground part of the web that isn't searchable from regular search engines. It's where cyber criminals buy and sell illicit items and stolen personal information like bank account details, home addresses, credit card information, and more. Norton 360 Premium includes dark web monitoring, which searches the dark web markets for your personal detail, and if discovered, they will notify you. Norton 360 Premium has multiple layers of protection for your devices, online privacy like a secure VPN, and dark web monitoring, all in a single solution. With real-time threat protection to help protect you and your devices from existing and emerging online threats, there's parental controls to help manage your kids' online time and school study time, a password manager to generate, store, and manage your passwords and other credentials more securely, there's SafeCam for PC and SMS security as well. Norton 360 Premium for PCs, Macs, or smartphones or tablets is available online at au.norton.com or an electrical retailer. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you by Belkin. We spoke earlier about the Belkin Soundform Nano Earbuds. 
but you can also buy accessories, MagSafe products, charging products, cables, you name it, belkin.com forward slash AU. Now, I had an interesting question from one of my readers asking whether if there were if I could recommend a compact camera to take on a trip or should they just buy a new smartphone with a better better camera? Very interesting question. Now, my response was, you know what? I think any phone you buy today, whether it's the Pixel 7 Pro, the Samsung S22 Ultra, the iPhone 14 Pro, these are cameras on board that I think is equal to the to most of the compact cameras you can buy anyway. And what they have is instant connectivity to share those photos as well. So rather than stuffing around with a camera, fumbling over to your phone, trying to get it out that way, I think a phone is equal to the task. And my other response was that if you are considering buying a camera, don't buy a compact camera. If you really value your photography and really want to take your photography to another level to really improve the quality and the results, then I suggest investing in a DSLR camera. So like a camera with interchangeable lenses, you know, a, Ca- a Canon, a Sony, a Nikon, a really good camera, a Fuji, they're all, all Olympus, all, all produce some, some good stuff. Then I would go to that trouble. I wouldn't buy a, a compact camera because the latest phones have got them covered, not only in terms of quality, but I think the other request he made was, I want to be able to print these um, large, like have create large prints, and you can print out quite large prints from uh, from these latest smartphones. Uh, you, you can get, if you're shooting RAW, for example, on these phones, it creates a, a, a file of about 80, 80 megabyte file. So it's, it's quite a big file you're going to get. So you can print out much, much larger prints. So that shouldn't be in a Ramo. So look, compact camera V smartphone, I'd lean towards a smartphone. Buy, buy yourself a new Samsung, a Pixel or an iPhone. If you are serious about your photography and want to still buy a camera, if you are going to go to the trouble, I'd spend a little bit more by a DSLR because you can not only shoot great photos, but also shoot good video too with a DSLR as well. So that's that. I think uh, if you are, even, look, the fact that you're asking me, that means you're about to go on holiday. So that that's not a bad thing. And that's it for this week's show. Thank you so much for joining us. If you need to find out about anything we've spoken about, you can go to our website, techguide.com.au, and find more information. And if you want to get in touch with us as well, please send us an email, info at techguide.com.au, or click on the Ask Stephen icon on the right-hand side of the page of, our, of our website, and that will create a form that will end up in my inbox. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family and your devices safe online. Thanks again. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 